Welcome to the Nursing Home Podcast, your go-to source for professional insights in the long-term care industry. Hear from leaders and experts as they share current and practical insights to help make the most of your day. I've been a long-term care financial specialist. What that means is I help people plan for the inevitable. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to think about getting old, but it's possible that someday we might need a little bit of care. Here's your host, nursing home administrator turned podcaster, Shmuel Septimus. Okay. And we are live from my secret bunker in a place where nobody shall ever know. Um, today's subject, for the, I know there are those, some of you following us right now on Facebook, some of you are watching us on LinkedIn, and probably the majority are going to either view this or watch this later at the nursinghomepodcast.com, where we really try to share their information and uh, everything that people in the industry want to know and things that are not generally spoken about. And additionally, we also like to bring other professionals on to get other perspectives, to hear from other people and, and to hear what it's like um, when they engage or interact with the nursing home. Now, I know from my very, uh, we'll bring on our guest in a moment, but I just know from my days of a nursing home administrator, pretty much from the very beginning, one of the first things that I was told is that there's this thing called DPH survey, Department of Public Health, or DOH, depending on the state, Department of Health. They come in at least once a year, or when there's a complaint or other reasons, and when they come in, that, that's when it's not necessarily a very pleasant day in the nursing home. That's a day when everyone is scrambling. That's a day when people are tense, and your whole year or sometimes months of relationships with hospitals, your star ratings, everything is dependent on these few days. And the last thing you want to do is to encourage them to come and explore a certain area of your facility that they were maybe not going to check. You don't, you don't want to do stupid things and only speak when spoken to. Don't add any information and all that. And it was pretty much cat and mouse. And I know from my early days, I was like, that doesn't make sense. We're here to provide care for the residents. There's surveyors, Department of Public Health, their role is to... From their end, they have to enforce and ensure that we're doing what we're supposed to do, and I'm okay with that. I'm not upset at the cops on the road for giving out tickets for guys who are speeding. Our, our job is to drive and to go to do whatever we need to do, and their responsibility is to make sure that you know everyone's behaving, everyone's being responsible. I never had a problem with that, um, except that in my personal experience, and I doubt that I'm alone, there have been uh, too many instances where it didn't feel like we were sitting on the same side of the table looking at the same problem. The problem is how could these residents get the very best of care that they can get? So administrators, directors of nursing, nurses, CNAs, what do we do? We wake up every day, we work really hard, we do everything that it takes. We're from the most dedicated, devoted sector within the healthcare world. And I am biased, but I really believe that. Um, and we really do whatever it takes to make stuff happen. And the surveyors, when they come in and the whole department their role is to make sure, sometimes on a higher level, maybe not day-to-day operations, but they have to ensure that we're really doing that because if there's no oversight, then you know, could be some people won't do everything that, that they're supposed to do. I learned the hard way. This is so refreshing that I could just say it the way it is. Ha! I learned the hard way that that is not always the case. 
not always the case with surveyors who are coming in. Not always the case, unfortunately, with the people in the building either. But I found that more often than not, the people in the building were there because they really, really wanted to do something good for the residents. And I found too many instances where there were people coming in where, you know, they would, they would come in and, and you have a director of nurses who was on a cart five out of seven days. Another two days was also in the building, filling shifts, doing everything that she needs to do to keep that building rolling. And then a surveyor comes in Sunday morning, six o'clock in the morning. She drives an hour and a half to the facility and is met by a team waiting outside a locked conference room, wondering why they, they don't have, you know, they're not already set up and start yelling at the director of nurses. And she, you know, burst out crying and things like that. And these things happen. Now, that's an exaggerated case, perhaps a little bit. Um, that doesn't happen. That's, you know, that's not every day, but there's sometimes this tension. And I, what I really wanted to do was I wanted to have an open conversation with someone, a state surveyor, who can kind of give us the flip side of what it's like coming from that side. So I'm really excited to introduce today's guest to the podcast. Today we have Robin Weissman. So Robin has been a state surveyor, I believe, for 12 plus years with the state of New York and is now the founder of Life Care Planning, a consulting company for those facing end of life and for nursing homes. And Robin is going to share with us a perspective that perhaps not everyone gets to share. And maybe us, and I'm speaking as the healthcare providers, we have a bit to learn from what Robin's going to share. And maybe, you know, if there are surveyors that are watching or people want to share this, uh, with others, and if you want to get this in front of the Department of Public Health in your state, um, you know maybe we can share some open information with them as well. As administrator, to have even to say what I've already said, a little bit too risky for my job, um, but right now I have the freedom to do so. So with no further ado, we welcome Robin Weisman. Robin, welcome to the nursing home. Yeah, thank, thank you. Yes, my business is senior home consultant. I do life care planning. Got it, got it. And okay. I also do like regulatory compliance for facilities, long-term care facilities, as you mentioned. I was a surveyor for uh, over 11 years with the New York State Department of Health. And I've been on both sides. I've been at working in facilities and working as a surveyor. So mm -hmm. I kind of know both ends of the spectrum. Okay, and that's interesting uh, that you point that out. I mean, I think I've met people also who have kind of been, you know, to the good side and to the other side and back again. And so people who understand both sides. But let me talk as the, as let me put on the administrator hat. I actually wear it every day, wear my administrator hat. Um, and let's talk specifically. Do When you walk into a nursing home as a surveyor, I know you don't do this currently. But what you did during the, those years that you were coming in as a surveyor, did you feel the same apprehension and tension? Like, oh, my gosh, here we're going to go walking into a war zone. I asked them for this. They try to find that. I try to, you know, cat and mouse. Or was it more that on your end, it was just business as usual, and it was just the nursing home people that were going crazy? Uh, no, we had a lot of stress and frustration on our end as well. Because with the sometimes with the survey process, if you don't get the information you need, you can't go through the whole 
whole thing and it holds you up. So there is a lot of stress on the surveyor end as well. Now, you know that sometimes when the information is not forthcoming, there's a reason why it's not forthcoming. Yeah, well, we know that. We know that it's not forthcoming if you're in the making, writing it. I mean, we've gone in where we like go into an office and the social worker is writing the care plans as we speak, you know. So, you know, we know that going forward. We know that also going forward that staffing is not like it usually is when we're not there. So, you know, you know, it's like you've, you've been around the block, you know, the, the tricks of the trade. Well, so I, I recall a particular instance when my facility was in survey and they were waiting for certain documentation. I'm trying to remember what it was. I think it had something to do with the grievance log and they wanted specific information or maybe a particular case. They wanted to see the grievance form and the follow-ups something like that. I don't remember exactly what it was. Um, and on, in our scrambling, stressed out um, response, the first thing was, find it. Well, did, wasn't it in your office? I think I remember it was here. Wasn't it there? No, the social worker has it. Social worker's out of the country for the week, as it always happens, right, during survey. Some of the, one or two of the key people are away, almost like you guys know this stuff. Right, and they're on vacation. They're, they're, on, they're on vacation. They get, either way, it's bad. They're on vacation, they're not around. If they come back, they're not happy to be there, and they're not always an asset. Right. But I, I remember sitting there trying to find it and then trying to ensure that it gets recreated. And, you know, I was Mr. Nice Guy, you know, good cop, bad cop with the surveyor and, you know, schmoozing them up, if you will, and, you know, the, discussing about their kids and the Little League and everything else that we might have in common. And finally, they're like, you know, where are they already? Until finally, if I couldn't stall them anymore, they walk into a room and they see like six people in a tiny office, you know, binders all over the place. Right. You know, open, you know, you have all sorts of hot copies coming out of the printer and being hole punched into binders. And, and they're like, what is going on? I did not just see that. Guys, come with me now. <laughs> Whatever you have, you know, that's it. Time's up. So right. I'm that's a frustration for the surveyors because. Let me ask you a question. Do you, does it make any difference for the survey team if the survey takes four days or nine days? It does because wow. the, the we have to have our survey completed within like four or five days because then you, the manager will get on you and why isn't it done? Why aren't you complete? What are the concerns? What are the issues? And they want you out because they have a you know, a schedule, a calendar that you're going to the next facility. So then that holds up. And then remember everything, well, now everything's backed up, but everything is supposed to be done within nine to 15 months. So that means you're delayed another facility. And it just, they want to keep within their time frame. Got it. Got it. So there generally is a reason, and it can be, it's legit, if they, yeah. if they are actually, um, you know, they're rushing to get out and they're, they're getting frustrated because what is it, uh, we want surveyors out of the building much more than surveyors want to get out of the building. We don't want them there at all, obviously, if we have a choice. Right. So we're never going to purposely delay the process. However, you know, at the same time, we we want to make sure this is, you know, this is a pivotal moment sometimes, you know, in our, for our facilities, this could affect a year's worth of, of how we operate. Um, knowing 
you know, what outcome of that, of that survey is. If we have a bad survey, you know, we can lose. Um, hold on. I mean, I'm just looking. We have, we have someone weighing in here. I used to be happy to time the survey accordingly every time Dennis went out of town. At least I could kind of plan. That's funny. Um, Andy, who was on the podcast before, says that if she wanted to know when survey was happening, you knew when the DON was, I think that's what she meant, when the DON was out of town, that's when survey is coming in. Because, <laughs> you know, that's just how it works. Now, what has been, other than getting, um, so first of all, just what I said to introduce the conversation. Mm -hmm. I was told in the beginning, the less you say, the better. Um, for me, I'm an Orthodox Jew. Friday afternoon was always the, like the first day of survey or the last day of survey. And I usually had a commute, an hour or two, an hour plus sometimes, you know, home. And the beginning, it was like, am I going to say something? Do I say something now? I say something at the end. And it was always stressful. My last survey that I had, um, I think it was even last year, I just told them straight out. I don't know if it was the first day or not, but it was, for me, there was zero stress. It was like, this is what I'm doing. I'm leaving at this time. You know, if you need anything from me, let me know before one. And, you know, I was very straightforward. And I think I treated them like people, which, by the way, people like you are people. Right, exactly. <laughs> I appreciated it. Instead of me disappearing all of a sudden. Right. Like, very straightforward. I'm, I have to leave at one o'clock. I have a hard stop. I'm sorry. Can I be here later? This is what I'm going to do, and I'm yours until then. Let me know. And they said, okay, well, these are the things we know we need from you today. Can you get us this, this, and that before that time? And, and um, yeah, and, that, and that's how, you know, and, and I found that that was the opposite of what I was trained. But at the same time, I felt, felt that that was true. In other words, I was told, don't say nothing. But I felt that the more upfront you are and uh, transparent, uh, again, not, don't, you know, there's no uh, obligation to say stupid things, you know, uh, to surveyors. But uh, another example, um, we had a new regulation uh, regarding what we do to ensure our water, I forgot what it's called, uh, to ensure our water is processed properly. And there was a, a whole oh, Legionnaires. What was it? For Legionnaires, they, yeah. they wanted testing, the water exactly. testing. Yes, exactly. So... I did not hear, I didn't know what it was until the surveyor asked me about it. Now, wow. that's a problem. Yeah. So I wasn't an idiot. I didn't say, oh my gosh, what is that? I went, you know, back to my office. I Googled it. I texted a few people randomly. I got all the information. I made a binder. Within a half hour, I had a warm, warmly, freshly printed stuff with almost all the information. And I think the surveyor, I forgot who it was, but I think the surveyor was, First of all, impressed because she knew I didn't have it from my reaction. I'm not good at poker. And but she also saw that I have it now. So she's like, that's impossible. You just printed this out right now. And I wasn't gonna, I said, yes, I did. I said, but look at that. You brought something up, we fixed it right away, we're on it. And she said, that's fine. I'm not gonna, you know, I'll let that go. So right. so well, what what is the best way to approach surveyors? I guess what I'm going at here is the cat and mouse, where I'm not going to say anything, or is it, or is it the more the upfront? Um, you know, this is really what's going on. Is that a better way to speak with surveyors? Who's which 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 way is correct? I guess you know what the best thing is is really like what you did was in a sense like okay, they're asking for this, right? And a lot of um, facilities do this, like the administrators will ask the other administrators, okay, so what, what's the policy or procedure? What do you have here? Or, 
in other facilities. Okay, so could you send that over? And then you present it, you know, to the you know, the surveyor. And if mm -hmm. they ask you, okay, so what happened? You could say, listen, I, I had to get the information. I got it. Here it is. And some some cases that's fine. You know, it depends on the surveyor per se. Some of them be like, okay, you have the information. That's fine. Other people say, okay, well, you know. You're supposed to have done this, this, and this. You know, it really depends. But usually, okay. to give the information that they're asking. They usually are okay with that. It's not like you said to them, "Well, I don't have it." You know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, you okay. people have got done that, so you could always get that information. Fair enough. Um, I mean, the bottom line is that it depends because there's no surveyor personality right we're talking about human beings and visual human beings and everyone's going to react differently um, you know if someone's going to be uh, very sharp and fresh to the surveyor and very confrontational then you can expect to get that back if someone's going to be a little bit more reasonable you can expect to get that back although i will say that there were times when i i felt i was so misled like purposely misled like surveyors were overly friendly and forthcoming with information, and then things that we shared very casually and almost in a friendly, like in my paradise where I would imagine literally was sitting on the same side of the table, on the table is a discussion of nursing home residents' care, what are we doing to ensure that they can have whatever they need and that they're best cared for, and we're both looking at the problem with the same perspective. It really felt that way. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, when it comes to the exit survey, without any heads up, that, okay, and we're going to say for this, 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 and this, which they never brought to our attention, which we never had the opportunity to show them whether or not it's true. And at least here in Massachusetts, the response is almost always, and then even if I want to say, oh, well, we actually have documentation that shows otherwise, or we have, you know, uh, that's not true, or whatever it is, it's like, okay, we'll take it back to Boston, and whatever they say, and we're going to see if it's overturned. If it's not, it's almost never overturned. So that type, those types of experiences, um, I think is what helps and perpetuate this type of uh, this type of friction, if you will, between the caregivers and the surveyors. Now, someone asked a question. Uh, Aaron Franco, who's administrator, very engaged on LinkedIn. Thank you for asking this question. He wants to know um, if there is a pattern to annual surveys, or if it's truly random. What do you mean a pattern? When you schedule, when you're coming to the next uh, facility. Is it really randomly that we're going to go to facility A, B, C, or D, or is it now we're going to deal with this part of the state and we're going to do these threes, whatever? Oh, no, it's randomly. It really is. The manager look at like a whole, they get a whole listing of all the facilities that the, you know, the region covers and they'll see, okay, when was the last time they were surveyed? And also they take into factor the surveyors themselves. Let's say the surveyors themselves have been commuting for a long time, maybe they'll want to put it closer to, you know, give them a break in a sense, put it one closer to them, you mm -hmm. know, so that really also has an impact. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, so that makes sense. I just know that sometimes I know from, uh, I remember cases where like, okay, DPH is in town, you know, that we know the, the facility down the block. Yeah, they're the next door neighbor. They're in the facility next door. Are they going to be coming to us? But they, but they do. You know, in my experience, I find that, you know, many times, 
you know, that is what actually ends up happening is, is that they do end up coming in. And um, yeah, and, and sometimes it feels like it's not so random, but you're saying that when it's planned, it really is planned in a random way. But it, yeah. there's a, something in there that's, um, you know, you, obviously you build in what makes sense for the surveyors based on what their schedules were and all that, all things like that. Correct. And, you know, remember, people also, they're away, they're vacation, they're holiday. So how many people do you have on your, you know, that you could go out to do the survey? Because like yeah. in New York, the facilities are very huge, some of them. Some of them are over 700 beds. Right. So you got to make sure you got enough surveyors to go out there to complete the survey. So, yeah, yeah. so well, it is random. Okay, well, I want to take your word for it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it is. Uh, another question is that, is it is there any, what you would say, like a best practice that, that gets, that kind of solidifies the relationship in the beginning of the survey that will make it a much better outcome for the operators when they do X? Uh, that make the surveyors less on a hunt to find stuff and more willing to work together. Like, what can administrators do? What can the facility do? I don't know. Not okay. You know how they always say you should always be okay. survey ready yep. every day? That's what we expect. We, when we come in, let's say you want the roster, you know, how much is your census, who are people there, who people were transferred, People, you know, all that new admissions, they want that ASAP. They don't want to be waiting five, six hours for all that information. You know, so they, they you know, there's certain things that they give you that they say, okay, what they want within an hour, within four hours, you know, within 24 hours. Those are things that, yes, we need so we can move on. So I think if you start off on a bad foot, where you, you're not giving the information in a, you know, easily, fast, you know, that you could give it to them, uh, then it's going to be, they're going to get frustrated and they're going to be upset. So it starts off the whole survey process. They're thinking, oh my God, these people are not prepared. They're not ready. They don't know what they're doing. Let's go and dig for stuff. And you don't want that. No one wants that. Operators don't want it. Administrators, DNS, you know. Do surveyors want that? You know, I'll be honest. Some surveyors, like we all know, when we walk in, everybody has, um, they already know their mindset. Okay, this person is this way. This is their personality. Um, so there are some surveyors that do look for stuff. And wow. there are some surveyors that are more reasonable. You could sit with them, talk with them, have a conversation. Let's try to, let's see what, you know, what we could come up with. And more on the, you know, out for the resident and educating and stuff. Yeah, you, you're going to have that because that's just people in general, you know. Got it. Got it. Now, the surveyors who want to dig, what's pushing them to want to dig? There's a lot of motivating factors. Okay. One is just their own agenda. You know, they have, everybody has their own agenda. Secondly is, yes, CMS is on the surveyors and our uh, managers uh, back. They don't want us to go in and say, oh, there's no deficiencies. What's going on? You know, you can't just tell me every facility you're going to, there's no issues. 
So CMS is looking at them as well um, and saying, okay, what's going on? You know, they can't be. Um, and so that's why, you know, the, with the surveyors, they have, you know, the managers will look at their notes, look what they're doing, look what they're documenting. And they'll question, you know, the surveyor. Okay, so what happened here? Did you ask this? Did you ask that? You know, so, you know, they're on the fence as well. So, oh, got it. So they're saying that to come through with a deficiency survey once in a while is acceptable, maybe. Right. But if you're going to come with lots of deficiencies free surveys, they're going to say, "So what do you got? You're obviously missing stuff." Because yes, what are you? What are you? What are, you know? What are you doing? That you can't tell me that every sur you know survey every facility is perfect deficiency free. It's just right. not feasible. So. And just going back to what you were saying about, um, you know, how surveyors, you know, um, are, it's just like, I think there are each surveyor, as you get to know the surveyors more and more, remember, mm -hmm. we all have our, um, even though we're generalists, they each have their own profession. Mm -hmm. And so some people are more maybe sensitive to other things or there may be hot issues like let's say psychotropic medication you know we all know that cms is looking at that what are you guys doing you know what is the facilities doing are they doing everything in their power to ensure that the you know the person doesn't need the medication or could they be tapered on it or mm -hmm. you know what i mean so there are going to be hot topics so, you know, that people are going to be looking at. Got it. Got it. So let me back up even further. Okay. Um, well, well, again, there's no one answer. There's no one size fits all here, which is fine. Um, I know why people go and they become nursing home providers, right? A director of nurses went to nursing school to provide, to care for people, right? Sure. An administrator got his license and went through whatever program he went to uh, is to take care of residents and to ensure from a high level that everything is being done correctly. What is the motivation for somebody to be a surveyor? Is it, you know what, let me leave it as an open-ended question. Mm -hmm. I have my own thoughts. <laughs> okay. I think there's, you know, there's, everybody has a different reason. Um, I, you know, some people like the, the power and the control that they think that they could have, you know, they could go in and they could, you know, assert themselves in a certain way. Um, other people do it because, listen, uh, they working in the field, they want to make a difference and they feel like this is a way that they can make a difference. And also to educate people because, you, you know, no one knows everything. And as you go in as a surveyor, you could pick up on certain things that the facility day to day may not see as an issue, but you coming in as a surveyor, no, hey, that's an issue. You know, right. um, there have been many a times where, like, I'll speak to, you know, this, like everyone and, you know, pick up something that they're like, oh, you know, we didn't think of it in that sense. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I go, you know, this could have been turned out to have been an emerge, you know, immediate jeopardy. IJ situation and, you know, working with them and really kind of helping them to help the residents. So, you know, there's twofold. People do want to make a difference, want to give, ensure that 
the people are getting quality of life, quality of care, getting the respect and the dignity that they should get, you know, and there are other people that are doing it for their own personal reasons, thinking that, okay, this is going to give them a certain kind of position, you mm -hmm. know, going to look at them in a different light. Got it. Um, well, now, yeah. uh, you know, sometimes you can find the same thing with cops, you know, uh, why does someone become a police officer? I had a case where we had a resident in our facility uh, was being section 12 out and was a larger gentleman who was being, you know, discharged to the hospital and he really didn't want to go. Now, being the administrator, I was aware of his situation and I knew he had a very, very weak heart. Um, I know that we actually watched him have a heart attack. We watched EKG together and he refused to go into the hospital earlier. He had like less than 20% uh, you know, capabilities left in his heart but he wouldn't budge and he was being physical with somebody and he had a question. Um, you know, so the cops came and one cop came in there with his taser gun, like, you know, shooting at the floor and wow. he had one agenda. He wanted to tase the guy and he was swearing like a truck driver and, you know, in the nursing in front of all the residents and he, you know, short guy, you know, pushing his weight around. He said, well, we're going to tase him. Remember he had a very strong Australian accent. I hope he's listening. And um, all he wanted to do was taste the guy. So I went over to him. Again, this is like, you know, like an emergency response type of situation. I said, listen, buddy, you do that, you're going to kill him. So I said, mm -hmm. first, of all, first of all, you're murdering him, and we're all watching. That's A. I said, B, it's going to be much harder to get him off the ground if he's dead. You're not doing this. Uh, mm -hmm. I said, we, we can talk to him. I said, I have a relationship with him. And I got his ex-wife on the phone and spoke to her and to him and this and that. Yeah, it took 15 minutes of negotiations until he voluntarily went on the stretcher and walked out. Not walked out, but he was, you know, he was carried out. But to me, it was, I used to view cops the same way. When I was a kid, my mom told me, if you're lost, you go find a cop because that's what they do. And I learned, like you said, there are different reasons why people do it. There's some people who they are the same personality as the people that they arrest, and they just happen to be on the side of the law. But they also like to shoot and arrest and, you know, and be aggressive with people. And, okay, I'm happier that they're doing it in a police uniform sometimes, not always, but sometimes, uh, as opposed to being on the other side. And some people do it because they genuinely want to make protect the public, and that's commendable. So I, what you're saying, you know, for surveyors, it's, that rings as true what you're saying as well. I'm going to bring out an interesting point here. What has been like your biggest disaster case during an annual survey in a facility where things like really blew up out of proportion? The you know the people in the facility were just either not cooperating or not communicating. Um, is there any particular incident that comes to mind? If you have to give the example of what not to do uh, when the surveyors are there. Okay, um, what not to do is not to really be um, argumentative with the the surveyors. That's not something you want to kind of get into. Tell me the story. What? Say, tell me the story. I'll tell you the story. Okay, uh, we were um, at a facility where it was obvious that they really were running short of staff. I mean, even like the nurses were telling us there would be like one nurse during the day giving out 40 meds, you know, for 40 residents, you know, meds for 40 people. And 
have to answer the phone, have to deal with, you know, different things going on on the floor. And we would, we asked for their staffing records mm -hmm. and, you know, till they gave it to us, till they, you know, kind of uh, showed us what was really going on. It, it was really frustrating. And the administrator who happened to be partly owner of the facility, okay. you know, with like corporation, he was like, listen, you know, he's been an administrator for like 30 some odd years. He's, you know, like never heard of such a thing. He never heard of, you know, people looking at this, you know, like he acted like, you know, he was like knowing it all. Like how could we even think of such a thing? Mm -hmm. So it was really, it made it very tough and made it really hard. Um, you know, and we're basically really the bottom line, like you, we were talking about really there for the residents per se. It wasn't like we were, you know, you know, kind of, you know, trying to say something about him per se. He took it personally. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't really, wasn't personal. It was about things were not getting done. And we observed it when we were there. People were supposed to get nine o'clock meds. They weren't getting it till like 12 o'clock. So it wasn't something that we didn't see. We observed it, we seen it. And he was just constantly, you know, he was just trying to defend himself. And it was so just a horrible situation. So how did that so how did that affect the survey? We then now you start thinking, okay, what else do we have? What else do we see? You know, we got issues of staffing. So now what else is going on here? You know, are they not getting maybe the other kind of care, whether it's wound care? Um, are they not, you know, picking up on so many other issues? So then you start going back to the song, you know, the the state operation manual and looking, okay, we have staffing issues. What other it, regulations are they hitting? And that, it, it just became like a disaster. We ended up with, you know, you know, it was like a, a whole conundrum, a list of uh, all the, the, the uh, tags. And then the administrator, I mean, you know, kind of was like, it was like part of a corporation called another administrator who I know and it was like, Oh my God, I don't understand. You know, it was like kind of complaining. Could I do something about the situation? You know, look at all these texts. He's never had such a survey. And, you know, I, I didn't believe that there wasn't, he didn't have such a survey before because there were issues always in that facility. Okay. But some people just feel like because I've been in the business for so long, I, 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 I'm in a certain kind of, uh, position, you know, uh, know that I won't be touched and it doesn't go it doesn't go like that because a lot of times if you go in with the facts you observe what you observe people are telling you and you get complaints from uh, families as well you mm -hmm. know um, the evidence is there you know mm -hmm. so I think that just sets a bad tone got it got it well thank you for sharing that I appreciate it is do what do uh, I guess you can answer for yourself? I know that as an administrator, you know, depending on the company that you work for, sometimes the second surveys in the building, you get swarmed with all the regional people coming in to quote unquote help. And right. as an administrator, it's really, really, really not appreciated for the most part because now, besides for having the Department of Public Health giving you a survey, the regionals. Again, it depends on the company. Sometimes regionals are actually supportive and helpful, 
And I'm thinking of a few individuals who are very helpful during a survey, um, but sometimes not. But regardless, um, you know, that depends on the dynamics of the company. But from a DPH standpoint, do you appreciate having the extra helpers um, in the facility? Do you not appreciate it or does it make no difference at all? Well, you know, from my experience, it's sometimes it's really not appreciated because they'll come to you. Oh, what's the concern? What's the issue? What's going on? And, you know, my, my experience is, and other people, if you have a good relationship with your staff, your staff is talking with the surveyors, they should be telling you what the concerns are. So it just, we don't appreciate it either because they're coming to you and saying, well, what's the issue? What's the concern? What's going on? You know, and, and they know you because you've gone to other of their, their facilities and they're, they're, you know, corporate, they're over, they know you, you know, and it's like, really, bottom line, it's, if you have, the, if you have a good staff, and you trust your administration, you can ask your staff that you have, you should know already what your concerns are, what your issues are, what we're speaking to you about, what we're asking you, there's no need for them to come and start asking us that, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, you could be schmoozing as much as you want, but the bottom line is if, you know, if there's really a, a valid concern, it's not going to change the fact. Um, sometimes, you know, it may be something, okay, you got the documentation, you got it, you did whatever you needed to do, fine, you know, whatever. You're not going to, it may not be that deficiency at the time, but maybe right. the next time you come in, that may be a concern. So, you know what I mean? It depends. Got it. So, it's, you know, I don't know. I mean, sometimes you have regional people who don't really deal with the surveyors. They're more dealing with the administrators, the nurses. They're looking at the staff. They're going on the floors. They're really not dealing with us. So, right, really, right. Right, so, so it depends, really. It really depends on the company and the dynamics. Sometimes they're very supportive to the people who are in the building, but sometimes they have a punitive relationship, again, depending on the health of the overall corporate company. And if that's the case, then it's just stressing people out more. And a lot of times the CEO might send a regional person directly into the surveyor's conference room in order um, – in order to ensure that, you know, you get an email at the end of the day, well, these are the things that they looked at. So send the regional person over there, like, to fight the case. You know, you better yeah. get it off. And at the end of the day, you saw what you saw. It doesn't matter. It's not an indication of the expertise or the skills of the regional person, whether or not you have, um, whether or not you have these deficiencies. I'm just remembering a particular incident. I, I think I was the administrator at the time, and I was working in the conference room when the surveyors came in, and I had my laptop on the table with the charger, you know, plugged into the wall. And the surveyors came in, I'm trying to remember exactly how this happened. I mean, I remember it was a complete disaster for a bunch of reasons. First thing is the surveyor tripped over my cord and fell on her face. That was like the oh my god! And then they went onto the units and found that I forget what it was, something that was going around uh, on the residents, and the surveyors were concerned of getting sick. Um, okay, I don't know why I mentioned it. I just remember that that was a disaster uh, situation. Any final thoughts regarding what nursing homes, what nursing home operators should think, do, or not do? Uh, pet peeves or uh, when surveyors walk in the door? 
uh, and to make them the most successful for when they get to their next annual survey before we let you go here. I just realized that we're going over time here. Yeah. Um, what's your call? Really, um, like I said beforehand, really make sure that, you know, the staff is always survey ready. You want to get your basic information, you know, um, like I said, the, you know, the residents that you have in the facility, who's new admissions, who went out to the hospitals, those things, um, you know, basic, you know, like, you know, the, the, the things that they're going to be looking at should be ready. Right. Exactly. And that will set the tone for the survey. Mm -hmm. Another thing is also is that there are some administrators who just stay in their office or DNS is that just stay in their office. They don't go to the floors. They don't know what's going on. And that also sets the tone. You want to see how the staff and, you know, and all staff, how they kind of relate to the residents. Because mm -hmm. you, you could tell if you have staff that have a good relationship with the residents, that kind of says, oh, okay, this is a good facility. They care about the residents. They have a good relationship. They know them. You know what I mean? They're there. They know, you know, where versus you go to facility and I never seen this guy. I don't know who this person is. You know, I've had that situation, you know, where a resident be like, who's that person? I'm like, oh, that's the admission. Oh, really? I've never seen it before. <laughs> you know, like, so, I mean, that also, we look at, you know, how, what's the kind of relationship? You get the feel already when you're walking in, you know? So I think that would be very beneficial. Tell yeah. your staff, get out there, meet with the resident, maybe go to the, you know, the resident council meetings, you know, kind of get to know what the concerns are, you know, just don't stay in the office, you know, see, you know, and then you could kind of know what, you know, you really do know, and they know you, and then that really makes such a difference. Got it, it got really it. Does. So I'll say that I always felt, and I don't think I'm alone with this, is that if you can take the, the state operations manual and throw it at any facility, if you dig long enough, you'll be able to pull enough stuff to put a pretty bad survey down, even if the overall care is great. But but like what you're saying, I think is true, is that if you lead your everyday operations with genuinely caring for your residents, genuinely caring for your staff, having healthy relationships within the building on all levels, between departments, within departments, that makes that makes it less likely they can just dig, dig, and dig to find one small thing that doesn't affect, you know, anything. Not that it's not important, but but that changes things. However, if you if you have a, a toxic environment within the staff, it always trickles down to family members and it always trickles down to the residents. So then, when anyone comes in, right? Even if someone again, you're a surveyor, so you're a professional at this, but even someone else is just coming in, they're looking for care for their loved one and they're walking through. And, you know, then the first thing they hear is the nurse says, oh, we're working short today again. Oh my goodness, the bed is broken again today. Well, how come there's no remote? Right? No one answers call bells around here, right? All these types of things. So then obviously that sets a tone. So then, you know, you're going to throw the bucket down a little bit more. Right. Um, so, I mean, so I guess what you're saying, you know, genuinely care, genuinely have good relationships. 
uh, you know, and then you'll be off to a much better start. Now, I say we're really late here. It's been, I really appreciate your time coming on the Nursing Home Podcast, coming live on LinkedIn and on Facebook. Uh, before we let you go, I know that now you have uh, you you have your um, your own company right now. So mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about just uh, quickly what you're doing um, and where people can go to learn more about what you're doing currently and if they want to learn more about your services. Um, well, currently I'm doing you know uh, two two folds. Um, uh, helping facilities with different systems they have in place. I do mock audits. Um, I, you know, I kind of help them with in a regulatory standpoint. I go in as a surveyor. I kind of know, even though people say, "Oh, you know, I can hire these consulting companies." These consulting companies were never a surveyor per se, so they mm -hmm. don't really know what to look for or kind of get the sense of what the issues. Um, and go in and I educate the staff. Um, you know, so those are the things that I look at, you know, it goes down to systems. If you have a breakdown in your system, that's where the issues are going to lie. Mm -hmm. um, and just as as um, a reference, like people call me administrators, I have this situation. What do I do? And I, you know, I kind of help them and guide them so it doesn't become a deficiency. Right. Or a deficiency. So you're a fantastic resource. I mean, if any administrator can have, if you can have DPH come down to your building, give a full survey with no consequences, fix up your act, and then have an actual survey, who wouldn't want to pay good money for that? Um, a, you're fixing all the problems, and B, you're going to have a great survey. Uh, right. you know, even if there was no survey, you would like to be have a deficiency sur free survey because you want to be able to provide that care for your residents. So. Right. Um, Where's the best place to send our viewers? I know they have your uh, website, um, Senior Consultants. consultants or SeniorConsultantsNY.com. Um, they also, you know, could follow me on LinkedIn, Robin Weissman. I have a Facebook site. Um, so, you know, there's a, there's so a let's various for them. What? Uh, let's, let's give them one place to go so that they find you. Is your website a good place to send them? Yeah, you or you could even call me. My number is 917-991-1093. Okay, and I see that on the website as well. Right, I see I see that on I see that on the website as well. All right, well Robin, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um you've shared tremendous value uh with our listeners and viewers, those who are watching right now and those who are gonna watch later and listen later. Uh, when this goes on the podcast, it's not every day that we get to bring in, um, you know, a former surveyor. And for those who are watching now, stay tuned. Um, and first of all, you can check out, as you see in the bottom of your screen, all the other episodes on the nursinghomepodcast.com. And we're actually going to start bringing on some administrators to talk about from their perspective uh, on the podcast as well. Um, and some of them are who have gone... At, their experience with, obviously, with uh, part of their job is the annual survey, but also how they're dealing with the COVID-19 and those facilities that were really hit hard. And what is it like uh, just managing those facilities? Anyway, Robin, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And keep on doing what you're doing. Keep on helping the operators be successful. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's, it it's a pleasure. Really All right, likewise. Have a good day. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Nursing Home Podcast. 
Be sure to share this episode with all of your friends in the nursing home industry and just tell them to head on over to the nursing home podcast.com. In the meantime, head on over to iTunes. Leave me an honest, wonderful review. Take a screenshot of it and I will send you a gift straight and special for you. Again, head on over to iTunes. Leave me an honest review. Take a screenshot of it and send it on over to me on LinkedIn. Now I'll be sure that we send something out special just for you. Have an awesome day.